together and praise his name. Well, come on, put your hands together. Can't stop, can't stop praising his name. I just can't stop. One more time, y'all. in his name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God, we bless you today and we lift your name in this place. And we thank you and we ask that you would have your way. Take complete control. Move as you would move. Lead us and we shall be led in a plain path. Enough to die for us, Jesus, the conqueror of principalities. We pray, Amen. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. I want to lift up just one verse out of this text, read in your hearing in First Samuel, chapter thirty. I want to read just verse 6. Further, David was greatly distressed because the people spoke of stoning him. For all of them were embittered, each man for his sons and daughters. But David felt strengthened and encouraged in the Lord his God. For the next few moments, I want to talk from the theme, Can't Stop won't stop. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Can't stop, won't stop. Get it, get it. Can't stop, won't stop. Get it, get it, get it. Can't stop, won't stop. Can't stop, won't stop. Can't stop, won't stop. 
wants my mind to stop, but can't stop, won't stop. I may be tired enough that I want to stop. Can't stop, won't stop. I may be completely spent. Can't stop, won't stop. I may feel like throwing in the towel. Can't stop, won't stop. Others may be encouraging me to quit. Can't stop, won't stop. Others may be trying to participate in my demise, but can't stop, won't stop. This text gets me every time I read it. It gets me because here we find David at a stuck point. We find him there feeling all of the pressure of the world. We find him feeling the worst he's ever felt in his life. There, life has put him in his lowest place. Nothing like someone breaking in and destroying your safety zone. Nothing like someone violating your safe space. It's psychologically debilitating. Uh, you, you, some of you might remember this story. My, my sisters, my siblings, I'm thinking of now. When I was very young, we lived in the projects, in the Ashman Street projects. We lived in the yellow archway. Across the street were high rises that had literally thousands of people in them. We lived on the yellow archway on the other side, and there, Mama kept us in church. We were in church morning, noon, and night, and if you lived in that neighborhood, you could figure that out easily. We came home from church one evening after a long day of worship to find that someone had broken into our place. Now, excuse me if this is not your experience, and I'm not trying to be funny when I say this. If you're living there, you ain't got much. So whatever you think you're going to get ain't going to be much. And then whoever it was came in. They took whatever little bit we had. I never even knew what it was. But worse, they destroyed the place crashing stuff to the floor. We had a little turtle was in an aquarium, a little round jar. They could see him crawling across the floor through the glass. Everything was destroyed. Now, 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 I can tell you as a child, and I was very, very young, there's nothing like what that feels like to go into a place 
that you used as your ark of safety and find it destroyed. I'm sharing that story with my wife and she shared a story from her own childhood where someone had broken into their home. Much different kind of situation. They, they, they had broken in their home. But the feelings are identical because the feeling she described was the feeling of fear and worry. Are they coming back? Are they still here? Am I safe in this place? The emotions are earth shattering. At whatever age, life can make you feel victimized, violated, and vulnerable. Say it again. Life can make you feel victimized, violated, and vulnerable. And it doesn't matter whether it's a break-in. Life can do it to you with an ailment. It can do it to you with the sickness or even the death of a loved one. Why me? Why now? Why my loved one? feel violated, you feel vulnerable, and a part of the vulnerability is created by the fact that you can't do anything about it. Nothing like watching somebody you love sick, but you can't fix it. You can't find a doctor that can fix it. And I say that because I don't want you to dismiss their soul hurt. All of us have life experiences that have rocked our world. And um, I hate to tell you this, this is gonna come as a shock to somebody here. If you have not had such experience, I wanna tell you this, I'm sorry, keep living, you will. Keep living, you will. But your situation does not have to mean your personal demise. You, you, you've got to realize that, that there's something else. I know you might feel like you want to die. You might feel like it's over. But what you're dealing with right now does not have to be what takes you out. No, maybe, maybe that didn't, they, they didn't get that one, they didn't get out. Let me try it this way. Your struggle does not have to mean your permanent depression. You. 
what they were experiencing was a depressive state. Doesn't mean I got to stay there. Beat up right now. Toe up from the flow up. But I'm not staying here. I'm not staying here. See, this is, this is what can't stop, won't stop means. I'm here. I've been there, but I'm not staying there. Ain't going to act like I ain't had no problems. Not going to act like stuff hadn't gotten to me. Tears haven't run down my eyes. Head hasn't gone down. Back hasn't slumped over. But I can't stop. Won't stop. I'm not getting stuck in that thing. <sighs> I tried one last way, one last way. Your sensitivity does not have to mean your physical depletion. <sighs> Some of y'all get mighty sensitive when folk talk about you. You get sensitive because you know that some of what they're saying is true. You get sensitive because you have feelings and your feelings get hurt. And yes, there are times that you can get stuck in your feelings. Somebody right now I'm talking to, you all up in your feelings now. You still mad at somebody and the argument been over for days. They done begged you for forgiveness, asked you for forgiveness, wept for forgiveness, and you up in your feelings. It's tearing away at you. You are feeling bad. It's gnawing at your soul. You wonder why you can't sleep? Because you're in your feelings. Your feelings are dictating your nightmares. You trying to blame it on the collard greens? You trying to blame it on the alcohol? No! You're in your feelings. I want, I want to give you, I want to give you something. Give you something. This, this, this last statement is so simple, but it's so powerful. This next statement, right here, right here, right here. You're one decision away from a breakthrough. You're one decision away from a breakthrough. You, you, you've got to realize that you have a choice. You may not have been able to choose what happened to you, but you can choose what happens next. You may not have been able to choose what took place, but you can choose how you will react. 
I want to tell you, it's time to shift. It's time to shift. You've got to change what you're doing. That means you're going to have to shift. Now, some of you younger people who did not grow up with cars that had uh, to, you know, no automatic shifting, you know, you, you don't know anything about the four on the floor. You have gotten used to having the vehicle transmission change gears for you. So in some ways, you have lived in an automated era and you don't even realize the car is shifting. You just think there's one gear, drive. You have no idea the car is going through a cycle of first and second and third. You have no idea that the vehicle is shifting. And the problem with that is that when you put things into gear that you think are going to work and they don't work, you don't know what else to do. Part of wisdom now is recognizing that if what I'm doing ain't working, I got to do something else. Okay, Reverend, what, what do you want me to shift? Because you're confusing me. Okay, let me see if I can unconfuse you. I'm talking something real simple. Shift your focus. Just that easy. Shift that. If you don't shift your focus, because what you're looking at is not helping you, See, because you got a choice, possibilities or problems. What you focus on dictates your actions. You can focus on the possibilities or the problems. But what you focus on is going to dictate your next action. See, let me, let me do it like this. If you focus on the problem, you keep crying. If you focus on the possibilities, you start looking for a solution. It's your choice. It's your party. You can cry if you want to. But I recommend shifting. Um, David can focus on the situation or he can seek the solution, but he can't do both. He can't do both. He can keep looking at the situation or the solution, but he can't do both. And some of you have been so stuck on the situation you didn't even see there was an easy solution.
okay, okay. See, you can't, uh, let me rephrase it, don't allow social circumstances to dictate your strategy. Okay, that, that you didn't get that. So here's, I'm gonna just, y'all don't mind, I'm gonna be a little bit um, communal and somewhat ebonic. Some of you get mad. And when you get mad or things ain't going well, you lash out at everybody. See, some of y'all folk been catching strays from you. You were mad at somebody else, but you took it out on it. Yeah, never mind. Okay. Listen. Can I show you something that's not in the text, but is just as important as what's said in the text? The text says, the people, meaning the men, spoke of stoning David. The text then says that David strengthened himself. Went over your head. Watch this. If somebody talked about beating your rear end, some of y'all would have got, oh, not today. No, wait, no, wait. Hey, I didn't do nothing. Y'all have been with me. You going to treat me like this. What's wrong with y'all? It's not in the text. Don't you realize that David never stopped to straighten out the troops? There's nowhere in the text where David gave them a good tongue lashing. Or what some of y'all would have done, somebody got to. Because see, some of y'all have the Peter Patricia spirit. You got to cuss somebody out. Okay, watch this. I'm going somewhere with that point. Watch this. You see, when you're in your feelings, you get stuck on being offended. Watch this. Just because you're offended does not mean you need to act on the offense. Get over it. There's more at stake than your feelings. <sighs> but I'm mad. It's not the first time, won't be the last time. You can't tell me how to feel. I'm not. I'm just telling you, don't let your feelings keep you from functioning in your faith. Okay. Don't let your feelings keep you from functioning in your faith, but also don't let your feelings keep you in foolishness. You see, shifting means not getting stuck in your feelings. 
Oh, I feel like preaching today. Okay. I got, I got to bless somebody right now. I'm going to bless you real good here. To shift, when you shift, you recognize you can't stay in mourning, in misery, or in meaninglessness. I can't stay there. I can't stay there. Didn't say I didn't experience it. Just saying I can't stay with it. Okay. I'm going to get out of here today. I think I've already given you enough, but I got three things to give you to add to what I already said. There are three shifts in the text. So we're going to rock these gears real quick. First shift in the text is the shift through discouragement, disappointment, and disillusionment. The first shift is going through discouragement, disappointment, and disillusionment. He has to deal with the present circumstances. And having an emotional response, as I pointed out last Sunday, is not shameful. It comes with being human, but you have to shift through it. You can't stay in it. Right. Second shift. He moves through discouragement, disappointment, and disillusionment into discernment. And when he moves into discernment, he recognizes it ain't over. See, y'all missed that. See, once he started looking at the situation, he realized it ain't over. This is not done. It ain't over. No, no, notice, notice that he realizes that they've taken the wives they've taken the children they've taken the servants they've taken the stuff but he also realized that even while they are in the enemy's camp even while they are in the devil's den God is preserving them in the enemy's camp Let me preach this thing like I want to preach it. Let me just say this to some parent who feels like God is taking your, the devil is taking your child into the camp. Don't worry. God can keep them even in the enemy's camp. And God can still allow us to recover all. They were preserved in the enemy's camp. See, y'all see, y'all, you know, some of you old Christians know that song. I went to the enemy's camp and I took back what he stole from me. You know, I took back what he stole from me. You know, I took back what he stole from me. I went to the enemy's camp. Look back. 
now he's under my feet. He's under my feet. And there ain't no devil in hell gonna walk on me. Watch this, watch this, watch this. They are in the enemy's camp, and yet they're preserved. Come here, prodigal son. You can be in the hog's pen, but you're still a son. Y'all missed you. You got to know. That God can preserve us. See, somebody sitting here right now, you, you've been in the enemy's camp. You know what I'm talking about. You know that God brought you back out of some stuff that you had gotten into that you shouldn't be. You got swept away. When the enemy came through Ziklag, you got swept away. But God came in and pulled you back out of the enemy's camp. Ah. All right, all right. I got to get out of here. My time's up. I'm out of time, I ain't out of word. Watch this. Number three, the third thing in there, is that there's a time not only to deal with discouragement and discernment, but the third thing, which I put in the beginning so I can close with it now, is that you gotta know you gotta make a decision. And you never make a decision until you check with God. Let me tell you something. Before you give up, before you let go, check with God. Before you say it's over, check with God. Because it may seem impossible. It may seem like it's not going to work. It may seem like things are not ever coming together. But oh, once you pray about it, once you take it to the altar, once you talk to God, God can show you something that you can't see on your own. So don't you dare give up. Can't stop. Won't stop. Can't stop. Won't stop. I'm getting ready to pray about it. I'm not just going to cry about it, but I'm praying. Lord, have your way. Lord, fix it for me. Lord, work it out. Lord, show me what to do. And when you pray, God will. I said, God will. God will. Answer prayer. God will. Answer prayer. God will. Prayer. Check with God. Come on, give God a praise.
every head bow. Hallelujah. God will answer prayer. God will answer prayer. If you're witnessing here that God answer prayer, just go ahead and give him a praise. Say, I know he'll answer prayer. Can't stop, won't stop. I still got a prayer left. Can't stop, won't stop. I still got a prayer left. Can't stop, won't stop. There's still a priest around. Can't stop, won't stop. There's still an intercessor available. Can't stop, won't stop. I gotta talk to God. I'm about to get a breakthrough. Can't stop, won't stop. I got to pray. Extend an invitation. The doors of the church open, whether you're online or in the sanctuary. If you're looking for a place to worship, you're looking for a church home, we welcome you today to shine. Online, please get in touch with us. Call us, 860-443-6046, extension 10. We welcome you today. If you're in the sanctuary, you decide you want to give your life to Christ or you want to come and join with this fellowship. Come now. To leave me. Yeah, that's old school right there. I don't feel I don't feel no waste time. I've come too far. I've come too far from where I Nobody told me that the road, the road would be easy, and I don't believe he's brought me this far to leave me. Yes, sir. Come on, let's say it again. I don't feel. situations, but we can see our possibilities 
and our salvation through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. For me this far, I don't believe he's brought me this far. I said I don't your offerings ready now. Whatever God has blessed you with, I want you to get it ready so that you can participate in the giving. You can give three ways. You can give through Cash App, through Givelify, or right here or in the mail if you're online. If you can just get your gifts ready, your tithes and your offering, get it as ready as unto the Lord. Um, and, and I want you, if you give it online, hold your, your device, your, you know, the PDA, personal device assistant, whatever phone uh, you got. If you're giving uh, in an envelope, hold your envelope right now and let's bless it. Father, we thank you. We give God not grudgingly or of necessity, but we give because you love cheerful givers. So we sow seed into good soil with the celebration mindset, knowing the harvest will come. Bless it now. Return it hundredfold plus. In Jesus' name, amen.